the didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, 11th of February, 2013. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 235. Grant, I'll tell you what, after all that uh, running around and flying around the world in uh, business class or first class or whatever, well, it seems like you brought back a few germs with you, mate. You've been uh, laid out flat this week with the flu. <laughs> yeah, that's true, mate. I uh, definitely came down with a dreaded lurgy. In a way, then, uh, that makes me almost glad that I stayed here in Australia. Yeah, well, there had to be some reason for you not to kill me for getting the gig, hey? Yeah, that's exactly Right. Well, mate, we've been talking a lot about uh, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, better known here as the ACCC, and their concerns about uh, Tiger Airways and uh, you know being bought out uh, in large part by Virgin Australia. Uh, more articles coming out this week. Uh, we're reading one here by in AustralianAviationMagazine.com.au, and uh, well, I tell you what, they haven't let up the ACCC grant. They're still talking about it being a potential duopoly, and uh, they're not happy about it. Yeah, mate. Well, the ACCC is not really happy about many things, oh, except for Qantas and uh, Emirates. It seems to be happy about that because uh, clearly it's um, you know helping Qantas's international arm somehow but uh, yeah they're, they're still saying it's got a, a high chance of creating a duopoly personally I think if it did create a duopoly well it'll just create a market opportunity for someone like AirAsia perhaps to come in and set up their own little operation here in Australia because hey domestic if it's only domestic you could set up a separate operation just like Tiger did and uh, yeah away they go so if it does become a duopoly who cares well, the interesting thing is, Grant, that uh, before Tiger Airways came on the scene, a duopoly is exactly what we had. We had Virgin uh, Virgin Blue, as it was known back then, and Qantas. I mean, that's all we had. And uh, Tiger Airways came on the scene, and they've, they've pretty much became the uh, greyhound bus of the skies. <laughs> and don't forget the little one that tried again, the Impulse Airlines, that uh, had a go at it and wound up being uh, purchased by Qantas and made into Jetstar. Not much more to report there except to say, of course, that uh, Rod Sims, the uh, the CEO there of the ACCC, is uh, still saying that uh, he's not happy about it. And I think the longer these negative uh, statements go on, Grant, uh, they're looking at making a decision around the 14th of March. Uh, but as lo- the longer this uh, negativity goes on, the worse it is sounding for Virgin and their aspirations to uh, bring Tiger Airways into the fold and, who knows, make a, actually a airline worth catching. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> oh, don't go there, mate. Don't they, go what there. they do to their complaints resolution department. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. So we're not going be- there because, hey, you know, there was the rumour going around that if this didn't happen, Tiger was going to fold up operations. But you know what? They're still going pretty strong. And, in fact, they've introduced some new routes uh, to the red centre of Australia. So, um, yeah, kind of interesting there that they're still trying to expand and make things happen despite this uh, whole decision being in limbo and waiting until March now. So uh, good to see Tiger still uh, still trying to carry on. Uh, I, I kind of hope that they do stick around because it's – Good to have a little destabilizing influence down the bottom end of the market, but I'm sure if they're gone and it's just Virgin, Jetstar, and Qantas, then somebody else will step in. It's it's bound to happen. You know, Grant, we should start our own airline, Stephen Grant Airlines. Oh, mate, no, you know, I think we should just go and help out Thromby. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Grant, Tiger Airways might be sticking around, and Qantas uh, says that it's sticking with Dreamliners despite all the current safety issues. That's right, mate. On February 7th, Qantas said it remained committed to introducing the Boeing 787 Dreamliner because it's hanging out for the uh, fuel efficiency and so on. So despite the safety issues, they still think they're going to get them in August. This is on 7th of February, and they said, we haven't been advised of any delay at this stage. And then on the 9th of February comes the headline, Boeing tells clients of 787 Dreamliner delay. 
delays. It's going to be very interesting to see where that battery scenario goes. But uh, meanwhile, Qantas haven't come forward on their own and said, uh, yeah, we're pushing back August to a later date. So I don't know, maybe Boeing's hoping to have it all done and just, they're still building them. So maybe there's going to be this big flood of Dreamliners suddenly get delivered. Yeah. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. You know, Grant, uh, the 777 assembly line is still running, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good aircraft, that one. The yeah. 777's totally in the groove. It's a known product and people know how to operate it and get the most out of it. Just look at Emirates. Mm. Options, conversion of options. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's what Air New Zealand did. But, uh, you know, it hasn't exactly helped them entirely, but they're pulling back from uh, flights beyond Hong Kong and co-chairing with Cathay. Who, oh, yeah, Cathay, they're, they're in with Qantas. But you know what's interesting on that front, mate? And just to throw one at you from the sidelines, Cathay is taking advantage of Qantas pulling out of uh, many parts of the uh, London route from Hong Kong. And uh, they're stepping up their uh, Hong Kong to London flights and uh, trying to get more Australians to go to London via Hong Kong, while at the same time, Garuda is trying to get them to go via Jakarta. So everyone, even the Chinese with the uh, Canton route, everyone's trying to pick up where uh, Qantas is stepping back. Interesting, hey? Yeah, interesting, and uh, I'm sure we called that, didn't we, uh, along with many, many other commentators back when uh, Qantas made those announcements uh, a few months back about changing all those routes and restructuring and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying, well, you know, really, is that wise, guys? Because uh, there's plenty of other airlines that will step in and fill that gap, and as you say, that's exactly what's happened. Oh, totally, mate. And speaking of stepping in and filling the gap, well, uh, apparently Qantas and British Airways are dismissing claims that they're at war over code share arrangements because, of course, now that Qantas is with Emirates, that's annoyed British Airways, Qantas and British Airways, you know, the whole uh, kangaroo route direct up through to London and a very important route that British Airways and Qantas would code share on. Well, the word is that uh, British Airways are going to dump that because they're in a bit of a snit with uh, Qantas going with Emirates. But uh, both airlines are trying to say that's not the case. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, it's hardly su- well, it is surprising that they're both denying it, but if there is a bit of angst there, well, I, I can kind of understand why that is. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the old world versus the new for now. But, you know, I think these uh, Middle Eastern airlines have to make as much as they can at the moment because who knows, another five, six years, maybe 10, and I reckon we're going to have point to point from London to Sydney with a vibe load against the headwinds. Well, we'll stay tuned for that one, Grant. And uh, looking over to the other side of uh, Australia and looking out to the Pacific, well, Air Pacific, the old flying fruit tingle. Well, they're looking for a new chief executive. That's right, mate. David Flieger says uh, he's going to leave the airline at the end of his three-year contract on the 1st of May. Yes, Air Pacific Chairman Nellian Patel said the airline, which is, uh, by the way, 46% owned by Qantas, would immediately begin a recruitment process for a new managing director and chief executive. But I tell you what, um, you know uh, that young kid that used to work on the airplane geeks, yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, he there, could or... go pretty well. He could yeah. go pretty well. But, uh, you know, this is all part of the uh, change because don't forget they're rebranding to Fiji Airways and no more flying fruit tingle on their logo. Oh, we'll, we'll have to find a brand new nickname for them, mate. <laughs> I'm sure one will come up. Now, just a couple of quick ones before we finish here and our friends up at Brisbane at Aviation Australia. Now, they do a lot of training, uh, teaching people, uh, amongst other things, how to be uh, flight attendants, and they also do a lot of engineering training up there. A fantastic facility they've got up there at Aviation Australia. Well, Grant, uh, some good news. They're uh, looking like they're going to try and expand overseas. They're uh, travelling to Malaysia this month. That's got a bit of a tie-in with you. Oh, mate, who knew? But uh, I was there with Malaysia Airlines. They're going over doing some training for Air Asia's engineering students. Now they're actually going over there to do some of it rather than bringing Air Asia engineers over to uh, Queensland. Now, Grant, the Royal Australian Air Force, our good friends there at the RAF, um, they've just marked 10 years of Hercules operations in the Middle East. They started way back in February 2003 with a pair of C-130Hs. 
According to this uh, press release here by the uh, Minister for Defence, Stephen Smith, MP, he says, uh, amongst other things, in, in 10 years the uh, RAF Hercules have transported uh, over 220,000 passengers and 43,000 tonnes of cargo to the Middle East and flown more than 4,600 missions. Yeah, that's a whole lot of hauling, mate, and uh, some interesting uh, milestone missions in there. Uh, they were doing airdrops and support for Australian units back in 2003 in Iraq, and one of the RAF C-130Hs was the first coalition aircraft to land at Al-Assad Air Base just after it was captured by Australian Special Forces. Pretty good. Pretty good indeed, and it should be noted too that the Royal Australian Air Force fleet of Hercules at the moment, which only now consists of uh, C-130Js, in no small part, thanks to Stephen Smith MP, uh, <laughs> we only have uh, 12 Hercules now in the Royal Australian Air Force. Uh, we did have a fleet of 24, we now only have 12, so that, that's a mighty effort for a very small fleet of military airlifters. So uh, well done to everybody there in the Royal Australian Air Force uh, who's been involved with that deployment over the years. Well done, guys, definitely. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. Uh, Grant, I've got to get this one ready because, uh, well, we're busy editing episode 100 of uh, Playing Crazy Down Under and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Woo! Yes, yes, 100 days, 100 nights and a whole lot more. Absolutely. Well, I better get busy with that. Until next week, I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm the editing Grant McCarran. Who knew? You're editing? Yeah. You're e- oh, great. I can take the night off. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're editing your bit. I'm editing my bit. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>